Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Friday, October the 8th. We have made it to Friday, uh, and we have made it through our season of feasts. You know, of course, we will have other feasts come up some days and uh, here and there, but very seldom, my friends, will we go through them like the gauntlet that they were these last two weeks, and I hope you enjoyed that. It is so wonderful. And I want to say this. I, I loved it. Earlier this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was at a uh, clergy congress. All the, the priests and pastoral leaders of the Diocese of Green Bay come together with Bishop Ricken. And uh, one of the speakers, he was talking about the saints at one point. And, and I loved this line, and I want to pass it on for us, because, you know, often we study the lives of the saints here. And just yesterday, we had a feast day with our Blessed Mother. And, uh, and it said, you know what? It is wonderful to admire the saints, but don't try to imitate them. Now, isn't that a great line? Because it's kind of a jarring line, right? The saints should be admired not imitated. Now, why would he say such a thing? And uh, he said, because we are called to be our own unique brand of saint. That that God did not call me to be uh, St. Francis of Assisi or St. Jerome or St. Therese. He called me to be me and to be unique in my sainthood and how I bring it to the world in its uniqueness now and in its present state. It needs somebody new with the gifts that I have. And, uh, and if I'm trying simply to imitate and be like these other saints, then I'm not authentically being who God made me to be. Isn't that wonderful? So as we finish this season of, of feasts, um, remember that wonderful line. The saints are to be admired but not imitated. We must find God in our own skin and be that saint that the world needs today. Well, how's that for an introduction, huh? Uh, thanks for being with me today in, uh, in this uh, podcast on this Friday. Uh, wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace, God's life, uh, and God's unique uh, presence uh, that you may realize that unique presence within you today, tomorrow, always, and be able to live it well. Amen. Yeah. So uh, we're going to continue uh, in Luke 11 today. We are going to continue and pick up right where we left off uh, yesterday. So earlier, Wednesday, Thursday, we talked about prayer. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, going to change focuses a little bit here uh, in uh, what Jesus is talking about today. Uh, and it's a little bit longer gospel uh, and, and kind of a tough one, kind of a tough one. But we'll talk about that on the other side. So let's break open God's word together. If you want to follow along, Luke 11, verses 15 to 26, okay? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When Jesus had driven out a demon, some of the crowd said, by the power of Beelzebul, the prince of demons, he drives out demons. Others, to test him, asked him for a sign from heaven. 
But he knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be laid waste, and house will fall against house. And if Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that it is by Beelzebul that I drive out demons. If I then drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your own people drive them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his palace, his possessions are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks and overcomes him, he takes away the armor on which he relied and distributes the spoils. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit goes out of someone, it roams through arid regions searching for rest, but finding none, it says, I shall return to my home from which I came. But upon returning, it finds it swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and brings back seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, who move in and dwell there. And the last condition of that man is worse than the first. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is one of those gospels, isn't it? That we're like, okay, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. But really? (laughs) You know, um, but I think it can be. It's It's just an odd one. Because we're talking about about a different reality here. And we're talking about demons and Satan and Beelzebul and strong people and and guarding it and seven demons coming back in worse conditions. And, oh, so how can we look at this reading? How can we hear it and take it as something that, that can honor us and, uh, and challenge us today uh, to help bring the kingdom of God and, and to be more that unique presence that God created us to be. So, so what do we do? Two things, I guess I'll say. And the first is this. You know, the people of Jesus' time were trying to figure out, hey, who, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Because he's doing everything differently than, than we expected. If he's the Messiah, wouldn't he come in a way that we expect? And of course, as we talked about earlier this week, that we can't look for God in the past. God does not come in the same way, because if that's all it took, well, then of course we would recognize him, and it would not take faith and trust on our part. But instead, God comes to us new and invites that trust out of us and invites us to discern And that's the first point I want to get to here, brothers and sisters, is the people of Jesus' time had to discern if what the acts Jesus was doing were of God or were of Beelzebul, the prince of demons, uh, the henchman of Satan. And, uh, And because they couldn't put it in the box that they had neatly put God into, they came up to the ladder. That, that he has to be driving out demons because of Beelzebul because 
you know, this is incredible what he's doing. And, and it just doesn't make sense to us because it, it, I've never seen this before. And, and if we're of God, I think he would be doing it in ways that, that were written in scripture or that our ancestors knew or that we've talked about. And so the, the question for us is, brothers and sisters, how do we discern God's presence in our life? And when things are happening, what tools do we use to discern, is that of God or is that not of God? And that can be difficult, can it? You know, they, they didn't know. I mean, they... they they, they made a, a, this statement by the power of Beelzebub, prince of demons, he's driving out demons. And others are, are asking him for a sign from heaven, which is so interesting. He just had driven out a demon. And they're like, hmm, want to make sure that, that you're of God. Can you give us a sign? Didn't he just? Didn't he just give a sign um, that he drove out a demon? Um, and, and you could just see again that face slap emoji right here. You know, Jesus like, come on, really? Really? Um, but how do we do it now? How do we discern that, that statement that somebody just said to me? Or this meathead on the other side of this microphone doing this podcast. How do we discern they're from God and not somewhere else? Not their own agenda. Uh, even, you know... It, it doesn't have to be a satanic agenda, right? It can be my own agenda. In fact, I would argue more often than not, Satan just allows us to give in to our fear and, and let me make decisions or, or say things or do actions out of fear or out of my own arrogance or out of my own lack of trust or out of my own indecision. And they may look okay, right? But if they're motivated by fear or arrogance or ego or my own desires or my own need for control, that's not Jesus either. So how do we discern not only those actions within ourselves, brothers and sisters, and where they come from, because we need to know that. We need to know our own intentions. And if we don't, um, we're the ones to blame there. But how do we discern them when they come from somebody else? And again, I, I, I have very little to say other than, you know, here's what I know. I know Paul is right when he says, listen, the fruit of the Spirit, it's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, right? Those are the nine fruits. When we see an action or hear a word that somebody says to us, and we want to know where that comes from, did that come from somebody else's desire or their control or their desire for power over me, power and control, or, or um, uh, are they just trying to manipulate me or whatever? Ask this. Do I sense Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Are, are those the things coming from that? Because if I do, 
I think I can sense the Holy Spirit's presence. And if I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit, that's worth following. That's worth following. Amen to that. But if I can't, if I sense confusion or division or, or uh, I don't get that sense of peace, but I get a sense of, of concern or anxiety, those are, are things that I, I, would, I would question, my friends. If it doesn't lead toward unity, but it leads toward division, I think that's what Jesus is saying here when he says, listen, those who are not with us are against us, right? We've heard him say the exact opposite just, what, a week ago when he said to John, you know, hey, should I call down fire from heaven on these people? They're doing things in your name and they're not with us. Should I call down fire from heaven on these guys? And he says, hey, if they're, they're not against us, they're for us because they're doing good things in my name. Even though they're not in our group, in our company, they're still doing good, right? Let's sense, let's look at the higher call here. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. They're coming from that place. They're leaning toward unity and toward goodness. No, let's not get involved and call down fire from heaven on them. They're doing good. But if they're not... Brothers and sisters, if they're scattering, because whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. If I'm sensing scattering, I'm scaring, sensing division, I'm sensing um, a lack of unity or a lack of focus, I'm sensing anxiety or hurt or, or power and control or manipulation, brothers and sisters, that's not of the Spirit. And that's what Jesus is driving. We need to be women and men who are able to discern well, not only our own intentions. We, we need to do that. We are called and we are responsible to do that. But what about those of other people? And, and I would just use the fruit of the Spirit as that tool to do that. Second point, and, and I'll make it uh, quicker than this. I want to talk about that that story at the end here, when an unclean spirit goes out of someone and it roams through arid regions searching for us but finding none, says, hey, listen, I'm going to return home. And upon returning, he finds it swept clean and put in order. Then he goes out and brings back seven worse than, than himself, and they all move there and the, and the condition's worse. What on earth are we talking about? Listen, and, and I want to read this. And, uh, and again, this was in research. I want to read the line because I love where it's pointing because I think it's true. And here's the line. This is not me. This is somebody else. Jesus addresses the reality of evil as possession by a power that can only be overcome by a superior power. That's what he's talking about when he says, hey, listen, you, you know, the armed guard guarding the house, but if somebody greater comes, you know, he's going to divide the spoils. We're talking about power, and ultimately he's talking about Jesus as the greater power. But here's the deal. If an unclean spirit is driven out, goes out of someone by the power of, of God, but that person doesn't replace that power that left, that demon, that lesser power, with the superior one and simply sweeps it clean, it's open to influence by other powers. That's what, what Jesus is, is pointing to. Let me put it in, in uh, a different language. Let me put it in 12-step language. 
right? That brothers and sisters, if we don't trust ourselves to a higher power and invite that spirit of Jesus Christ, that higher power within us, I mean, Jesus says, I stand outside the door and knock, right? You ever seen that painting, that wonderful painting hanging up in, um, in the cathedral over there in London where it has Jesus outside the door knocking, but there is no doorknob on the outside. The doorknob only is from within. Jesus stands outside our door knocking, brothers and sisters. We have to be the one to invite him in. And he is the greater power, which is why I love that. He's the superior power. We know that not only from this this you know gospel verse we know it from our lives right love is stronger than death it's the whole resurrection the idea of that jesus is stronger than anything we can do against that but here's i i love this because it it brings up to me and not only did i use the 12 step for that higher power idea but it, it it calls to mind that whole idea of addiction brothers and sisters to be human is to be addicted i've said that before and i mean it and if we look at ourselves and say, I don't have any addiction, then um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you to look deeper. I'm going to challenge you to look uh, beyond maybe the, the big ones that you say, oh, I'm not addicted to drugs or, or, or you know, Oxycontin or, or, or alcohol or pornography or, or gambling. I don't you know, go out to bet on the ponies or whatever it is. Brothers and sisters, there's... Our addictions are as unique as we are. Um, and and I, I can tell you to be human is to be addicted. And and that whole idea of, um, and I love, I've, I've recently fallen in love again with the song Hotel California, that whole idea, because I think it's singing about addiction. And, you know, you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. I mean, that whole idea that, that um, we can, we can, go through treatment, or we can name that addiction and do our best to, to place it out of our life. But if we simply place ourselves back in that, we can't replace that one addiction with another, first and foremost, because we may be in a, in a, in a worse, you know, hey, I have an addiction to, to eating, or I have an addiction to, to, to um, people's admiration, or I have addiction to uh, pornography, or whatever it is, and I take that out, and I replace it with another addiction, I've, I've merely you know, changed masters. And, and which is why the 12-step program is so important that we take those addictions out, but what do we replace it with? We, we give ourselves over to a higher power. In our case, we give ourselves over to Jesus Christ who has the power to, to, to come inside and, and fill that empty spot and give us the life that we look for in these other addictions. And because there's only one who gives that life. We look for it in, in legion of places. We look for it in a myriad of places. And none of those things can fill us. Only one can. But if all we're doing is, is emptying that place out and replacing it with another addiction, we're in no better spot. Brothers and sisters, we need to name our addictions and we need to give them over to the one who is more powerful than, than they are. And that's not my will, I'm telling you that. It's only the Holy Spirit. Um, and we need to invite and make sure we continue to invite the one who is life within us to fill that space and search for life there. Because when we do that, then and only then 
will that uh, place remain clean, clean and, and orderly. Um, otherwise, other spirits, worse than the first, come back, and the last condition is worse, worse off. Um, tough gospel today, but I think good stuff there, and I, and I hope that's been helpful. And, and if not, forgive. I, I know that, that, you know, this is... Uh, it's just kind of one of those ones out there that it's like, okay, what do I do with this? So that's my attempt to do something with it. Hope that was helpful to you. Either way, let's pray. Okay, let's bring all this before uh, our blessed mother, put it in her hands, who knows exactly where to put it. So whatever is going on in your life, in and, uh, within and among and around you, uh, let's just trust that uh, to our loving God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth luminous mystery uh, the gift of the Eucharist, the institution of the Eucharist. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, be well. Have a wonderful and blessed weekend. And I look forward to us being back together and breaking open more of God's word next week and seeing what God has in store for us. God's peace.